On today's episode, we're taking a trip around the league to check in on the Canadian teams. We're going to talk about Nikolai Ehlers. I believe it's pronounced Nikolaj. And his big brawl against Geslaff yesterday. We'll talk about some of the new bench bosses that there are in the league too. And Hockey Card War is back. We're cracking open a pack of 1991 score hockey cards. Sounds pretty delightful. Let's get into it. Here's Lemieux. The center penalty coming up. Hey there, hockey fans, and welcome to another episode of Talkin' Hockey, the Hockey Talkin' Show. Tis I, your co-host Tom, and uh, I have with me, as always, uh, co-host Randy. How it's you doing today, buddy? Doing great. You know, it's a little cold here in uh, the hockey universe we call Winnipeg, but yeah. hey, you know, you gotta sometimes just put the extra long johns on and get her going. <laughs> How many pairs of long johns do you have on? <laughs> uh, just, just the one. Yeah, but, I only got the one pair yeah, as well. Sometimes you got to wear like the real expensive yeah. ones. I get the Stanfields, honestly. Uh, hometown pride there. They're made in Churro, Nova Scotia, oh, my yeah. hometown. And uh, I think that they uh, do the job. Yeah, well, you know, I, th- I, I rock the old uh, minus you know, 40 or 60 oh, yeah. ones from, yeah. the, from the old Under Armour there. But yeah. today, as if you were climbing Everest or oh, something, I might, you know, <laughs> that walk underneath the Osborne yeah. uh, well, underpass there I, I, is just I, as bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, and I think I heard that it's colder here right now than it is in the Callowit. So there you have it, folks, the Winnipeg weather update and uh, a little bit of long jong talk for you on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. You are probably listening to us via umfm.com or maybe uh, on Apple Podcasts. Those are two of the ways you can find us. Um, search us out on either of those. And uh, if you're listening to us elsewhere, let us know how, because that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we did have a YouTube channel sort of started up half-assedly going, but... Uh, our, our lack of a technical intern sort of killed those pipe dreams. And uh, we just said, you know, let's keep it simple here, boys. It's a lot, a lot like the game of hockey. You stick to the basics, keep her simple. Good things will happen. Um, so that's what we're, uh, that's what we're doing. And um, yeah, so uh, check us out also on Instagram at talk and hockey podcast. And then over on Twitter at talk and hockey pod. And then of course, if you got any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, Actually, I don't want to hear your concerns. Uh, just <laughs> feedback. The only thing that concerns us is hockey talk. Yeah, yeah. So uh, at talkinhockeypod at gmail.com. You don't need to put that first at in there just because it's an email address. But, uh, you know, I'm new to the internet, so I'm figuring it out. Um, yeah, today's show, let's, let's not delay any further and uh, talk about these local craft beers of the week we got. And these are almost quite literally fresh off the presses or nice. hot off the presses. This was released Friday was the soft 
release and then they had a release party for it on Saturday. Sweet. So we're uh, two days into this and th- this this beer we're talking about, it's by Stone Angel Brewing Company um, and it's the Dirty Catfish Cream Ale, a uh, collaboration between the Dirty Catfish Brass Band and Stone Angel Brewing Co. Um, so it's a uh, 4.5% 19 IBUs. Um, the cream ale designed with those hot and sweaty venue nights in mind. You're on your feet and need a beer that's cold yet refreshing and full of flavor. You gotta get it. Gotta, gotta get it. And a little shout out to River and Osborne on the, uh, I see on the that. label that's there. Awesome. They yeah. do, they, uh, in the summertime will busk down there sometimes. And so if you're unfamiliar with the band, Dirty Catfish Brass Band, they're, uh, uh, they're probably Winnipeg's premier, uh, brass band, I guess, uh, Louisiana style. And, um, yeah, they're a good time for sure. Good, good, good fellers. They're hockey loving fellers. They played at the Jets, yeah, uh, home opener them. the last two seasons, I believe. Also, I've seen them in the concourse there every once in a yeah, while. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, let's crack these open and see how they go. The sound of deliciousness. Oh yeah. That's pretty good. Like that's it. tasty. Yeah. So this is a cream ale. Yeah. You know, my, my, uh, beer lingo does not include cream ale, but, okay. uh, whatever it is. So there's, you've got your ales and you've got your lagers, right? And it's, uh, the, I think like, yeah, I'd have to read about it. Um, but something to do with the temperatures at which they're brewed or whatever. Okay. Like. And so, and it's, maybe it's maybe one is like bottom fermented or something, but okay. um, anyway. It's very smooth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very smooth. So I, what makes a cream ale creamy? I, I don't really know. I but, don't think uh, there's milk in it. No, <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. Uh, I'm just looking. I don't see ingredients on this can. That must not be a thing that you have to do here. I thought maybe it was, but anyway. Um, Very good. Yeah. So Great. Stone Angel Brewery is on uh, Pemina, South Pemina, sort of down near Bishop Grandin. And uh, they, they've they got quite a, vo- a wide variety of beers. And it's really cool to see them kind of do this collaboration thing with the Catfish. With the band, yeah. And I guess the story is uh, Kyle, who's uh, one of the saxophone players in the band, he works nearby and uh has been known to pop into stone angel for a for a post-work pint and uh, just got to chatting with uh i don't know the brewmaster the bartender whoever it was there and uh one thing led to another and they just said let's let's uh let's make this happen so yeah pretty cool and uh definitely delicious so cheers to the band and to uh stone angel brewing yeah great beer great band Great choice. Yeah. So that's our local craft beer of the week. So we got that out of the way. We got our business out of the way where you'll find us and listen to us. Uh, what else we got to get out of the way, Ran? We got we to gotta talk about, uh, we got to get into the first period, basically. We got to drop the puck and get her going. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, if you're, this is your uh, first time tuning in, or maybe it's your ninth time tuning in, as this is season two, episode nine. We like to uh, sort of start things off for the first period with a little bit of Jets talk, uh, seeing as we are a Winnipeg-based podcast. We're a couple of dudes who, uh, you know, we, we play hockey, we watch hockey, 
uh, we talk hockey and, uh, it would be weird if we didn't talk jets due to the fact that we're both, uh, jets fans. So. Yeah, it's uh you know a big part of the foundation of this show. We like to kind of get her going with just some Jets talk. Then we it leads into the other parts of our show. But for sure, uh, we've got some Jets details to discuss here, Tommy. Yeah, the talking hockey hot topics of the week. So the first one that comes to mind for me is just yesterday, old Nikolaj Ehlers. He dropped the mitts with uh, with, uh, with Ryan boy. Getzlaff, big boy, yeah. A bit of a size difference between the two, hey? Uh, I think reading about it today, they say Nick Ehlers comes in at six foot, 170-something pounds, and Getzlaff is, what, twice that? Yeah, he's a big farm boy <laughs> from Saskatchewan. Yeah, Regina fella. Um, doesn't mess around. He's Getzlaff's been bald probably since he was like 12 years old. Yeah, too. I think he yeah, I think he just never grew hair. He got old man genes <laughs> yeah. real quick and uh yeah, and uh so they yeah, they they had a scrap. So not the not the first of all, not a lot of fighting in hockey anymore. If you heard our last episode, I believe it was, we were talking about um the lack of fisticuffs. Yeah. Yeah. So what did uh it was Nikki listening and I think you know you know Nikki was cruising around in his Tesla and he heard our episode and he's like I got to show the boys here something and yeah. we you know Nikki we saw the game great work thanks for listening um our podcast just downloads directly to his Tesla yeah. and then he gets in and on so, Tuesday morning when he gets in his car just like starts up make sure you uh slide into our dms there nikki and drop us a message but to me it looked like uh yesterday it kind of looked like he was trying to use that fight as a way to kind of get himself going yeah you there was a couple times where he is like slamming his stick on the ice like you know not that he's got anything to be frustrated about but i think he's competing hard and he just wanted that extra element to really uh to i don't know just elevate his his game and kind of fire him up a bit more. Um, mm. and it, but basically what it ended up doing is I think it just kind of fired up the whole team and it was, you know, it's not like the, the fight was a turning point, but I think mm. everyone on the bench was, was just kind of impressed they were. to see that he, he took, took on Getzlaff and, uh, you know, more importantly, didn't break his hand or something, which yeah. would have been not cool, but he almost uh, connected with a big left, but, uh, swing and a miss. And then uh, Getzlaff gave him a couple like rib shots, and then just took him down. Eh? Yeah. Getzlaff was very gentlemanly about it. Well, he, and then at the very end there, he had his fist up in the air, and yeah. he could have gave him one exactly, more. Exactly. But, but he said, eh. "I think I think both both guys knew, you know, what the point of the fight was. It wasn't to kill each other. It was just to kind of get get both teams spark going him or a little try something and, try on a Sunday a afternoon. Yeah. Because yeah. it was kind of a sloppy game, and that was in the first period. That right? Yeah. And. Uh, it wasn't like there was a ton of, I don't know, action or like it wasn't. It came in waves, I found. Also, like mm. I find the Anaheim, like it seems like, well, they, they're they a big team and they're yeah. they're a punishing team. They got Gunbra- Gun- Goodbranson back yeah. there. Yeah. And like a lot of their forwards are, are fairly big. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Getzloff is big. It seems like they could lay a beating on most teams, but well, it just, think- it also seems like they're, I don't know if you want to say like their inconsistent play 
yeah. just exposes them too much and all of a sudden teams can just take advantage For of that sure. and then it and then it, you know they're losing games that way but think, it, it, like to me it seems like if Anaheim could play that punishing game they well, they could win they could beat some teams by playing that way cuz no one really plays that way anymore for sure. And I think that has been their kind of uh, ID for like a last several seasons. They, you know, they're, they were known as a bruising team and maybe they're transitioning a bit now to more uh, of a speedy team, sort of like similar to what a lot of the NHL teams seem to be doing. And I think that the, they get exposed, like you're saying, they have a lot of young guys on the team now this year as opposed to the last couple of years where they went with a more veteran roster. So they're trying to grind out games, but they, they do be, because of the youth on the team, there's going to be breakdowns mm-hmm. and they also have a new so, coach. Yeah. Uh, Dallas Eakins. Yeah. And you know, he's, I think LA's do or no, yeah. Anaheim's doing pretty good. Not bad for sort of where they're at in their, I don't know if you want to call it a rebuild, but like in their restructuring anyway, cause they've got some good pieces and uh beautiful unblemished uh, Sam Steele had a glorious opportunity to break his goose egg on the season. He's, he's uh, got zero goals so far this year, but he almost had one against the jets. He was alone in front of the net and then uh, Winnipeg jet MVP at this point, Connor Hellebuck said now, nah. Not no, going to happen. Not going to happen. Uh, Sammy Steele almost also uh, laid the body on Tucker Pullman there on a four check, and did he? He, yeah. he kind of took took maybe took the worst of the hit, but yeah. uh, he was still getting in there. Getting and, in there, yeah. yeah. And he's one of these young, fast guys. So, um, and he's been playing well. It's just uh, I don't know why he hasn't been able to score yet. Like it seems crazy, but hey, it'll come. Um, but anyway, so Anaheim. Uh, that game ended up being 3-2 Jets, right? Was that at the final? 3-2 uh, or 4-3, yeah. something like that. And, uh, yeah, Shifley had a pair of goals. And Lowry had and one. And La- Lowry had the other. And, uh, you know, I think overall it was just a real solid Jets kind of game. They they didn't – they bent but didn't break or whatever you want to say. And, uh, you know, it was it – was re- I thought it was pretty fun to see Nikolai Ehlers – throw the mitts down and just just give her the picture in the free press on the cover of the sports section today it was pretty wicked it was I didn't like see. it was uh like basically the split second before the gloves were off oh yeah yeah it was good nice. good photo um also like the jets have a history against anaheim because of that first playoff series right so you can see a little bit like i don't know if how closely you're watching the game but for sure the first 10 minutes of the of the, of the game there you could see Getzlaff really trying to get into Shifley's kitchen. Yeah. Uh he like getting the stick on his hands quite a bit. Like he's still still a legal play um but but really causing a little bit of extra effort to to get underneath Shifley's skin because yeah. you could really see like you know back then guys like uh Getzlaff and Perry were really good at at getting guys off oh, their Perry game. Perry is a real, <clears throat> real dickhead, you know, but but he's effective in that way. And Getzlaff kind of is too. Like yeah. he's been around a long time, and he knows 
he knows what he can get away with and what he can't. And it's and, good to see though the fact that those guys can keep playing and not mm. be affected by by that. So it's yeah. like it's nice to see that you know Corey Perry. Corey Perry is in a way is like out of a job. Well, he you know he's still playing in Dallas, but yeah. they basically bought him out. Yeah, because. Um, well, they wanted, that's not working anymore. Yeah, and they wanted to give ice time to some of these younger fellers like your Sam Steels and whatnot. But uh, actually, I got a question for you. Uh huh. The Andrew Cop breakaway. Oh yeah. What do you think about that? Should have been a penalty shot. Exactly. Yeah, How like, was it not? Yeah, like wasn't he like he had like two or he three was, steps? He was free and clear. Yeah, for sure. That was a baffling one to me. I didn't understand why it wasn't a penalty shot. Um. <clears throat> I don't understand. Yeah, I don't know. I, re- it seems referees like the per- don't surprise me anymore <laughs> with their either lack of calls or their questionable calls or whatever. Yeah, it's, it seemed like the perfect definition of a penalty shot. Yeah, but, and, you know they. You know, it was Andrew Cop. I'm not sure if he would have scored on the penalty shot. Yeah. At the same time, the power play didn't score either. This they didn't score until Shafley right. uh, in the third there. Well. Shifley's he had two goals. Were they both power play goals? Was the first one power play? I thought so. Okay. Maybe not though. I know the second one was for sure that feed from Wheeler on mm. the on the half wall there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and him and Line had kind of switched spots. Like typically Line's over there, but Line was in the slot. Oh, for his first one? Uh no, for the winning goal. No, he was right in the slot. Maybe I'm thinking of the first one. Maybe then. it was because I missed the first one. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, anyways, it just I, – I I like watching those Anaheim versus Winnipeg games because of that first playoff series. Even There's though, a little bit of hate there. Yeah, even though the Jets did get they, – they lost four straight, uh, you know, and it was kind of a painful – memory of that but it's it's nice to to give it back to them now that uh you know now that they're not quite as good as they were back then with you know kessler and and perry and gets you know yeah causing a bunch of trouble yeah and then then and just to bring it back to that ehlers fight i think it it rallied the team in a way beyond that game uh you know they see a guy like ehlers kind of standing up for himself not a guy you expect to fight and and uh he didn't he wasn't taking any of that guff because basically what happened he skated behind the net and yeah. perry or sorry uh Getzlaff gave him a slash and a cross check Ehlers gave him one back and then next thing you know the gloves are off but so i think some of the quotes after the game were pretty funny eh? they were like uh Maurice was laughing, but then he's like, Oh dear God, don't do it again. You know? Yeah. And, and Patty line was like, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to piss Ehlers off anymore. <laughs> I don't think, you know? So, um, yeah, just kind of funny that way. I think a good, a good moment that, that the fellas will remember, you know, and, uh, they'll have fun with that for sure down the road here as the season goes on. Um, obviously it, a good play by, uh, Hellebuck again yesterday. Like, yeah. You solid play and very just, solid. Yeah, he's, he's got the most wins in the NHL now. Cool. So and what's he at? Uh, 15, 15. Yeah. And, uh, also another, uh, victory by one goal for the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah. And so, they've been doing that all season. Yeah. Yeah. So there, that's a, it's a great sign that you're good in tight games and that, uh, your goalie is playing lights out like like Hellebuck has been 
because uh, hey, when it comes to the games that matter, there are they're going to be tight, and you need your goalie to sort of make one more save than the other fella. But uh, I'll tell you, so there that's the games that count, and that I'm talking about, you know, May or whatever. Uh, there's a couple games coming up that kind of count. Well, they count, but <laughs> they're uh, maybe not against the best team in the league. In fact, they're against the worst team in the league, Detroit. So looking at the standings right now, uh, it's Monday night. The standings right now, Winnipeg is four points out of first in the West. Okay. They're, uh, and then they've got no these... four points. Oh yeah. I guess the West and the central, same thing. Yeah. St. Louis is. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And then, but they're only four points back, but I mean, yeah. you know, uh, you, you got to win a couple games and the other guys in front of you got to lose a couple games, but you know, they're right there. Yeah. And St. Louis has a game in hand. So okay. there you go. And, uh, uh, so it's hard to not look at these, uh, upcoming back to back games with Detroit this week. And think, oh, there's your four points right there, boys. Uh, but Detroit, for all their woes, they've only got seven wins on the season. The teams that they've beat are like Boston, uh, you know, Vegas. Uh, I don't know who else they've beat, but they've Edmonton, I think. Edmonton, maybe? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. like teams that are doing well this year. They seem to give the the better teams a run for their money. Yeah. Whereas, and also. Uh, you know, the Jets have had trouble with some of the bottom dwellers. Yeah, sort of historically speaking, for sure, they've always... Because like in the in the first few years of Jets 2.0, when they weren't a playoff team, the, the common sort of complaint around the team was they'd play up to teams, you know, and then they'd play down to teams. Right. So like teams they should beat, they would throw up a stinker. And then I think they sort of like maybe a couple seasons ago turned that corner, but old habits die hard, I guess. Right. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with these Detroit games anyway. Cause, cause Detroit is certainly having a rough go this year. I think, uh, I think Brassois is getting this start tomorrow and then Hellebuck is getting this start in Detroit. Yeah. I believe isn't Hellebuck from, Oh yeah. He's from Michigan. He's from like, uh, uh, it's like Commerce City, Michigan, which is just outside Detroit, kind so, of thing. So he must be having a bunch of family and yeah, friends in the, the in the in the uh, and that's stands that's that night. cool for him. Yeah, and I, the Jets also have another dude or two from Michigan, I believe. Cop is Cop. from there, and, and Connor, uh, Kyle Connor, maybe. Yeah, no, he he's from like Wisconsin, I think. Okay. Uh, anyway, whatever. Couple Michigan fellers on the team, and. Well, Connor and Cop both played for the Michigan Wolverines hockey team. Oh, okay, yeah. maybe maybe Connor is from there. I, there. Somebody's from Wisconsin though. Appleton, maybe. Maybe it's Appleton, and um, he's going to be back soon. Yeah. Apparently, he's skating again. And well, we kind of talked about that last episode. Um, kind of jumping back to the to the one goal close games thing. Yeah. Uh, I I think it was a couple of weeks ago. Paul Marie said something about that's the closest you can get to feeling like playoff hockey in the, in the middle of the season or mm. early in the season. And it's something that you kind of want to replicate and something like you want to be used to be pl- like in those to learn that yeah. sort of, you yeah. want to be used to be playing in that scenario instead of like, you know, five, one victories against San Jose or whatever, because that's not quite playoff hockey. Like sure. The way that the way that the closer games are, 
are played are are so much tighter and and you know the checking is there's tighter checking and and you know just it's just a whole different kind of game compared to just like a Tuesday night 5-1 victory against totally. whoever so and that that sort of lends itself to what we'll talk about in just a little bit here later in the first period about Tampa Bay and sort of how last year they kind of ran away with things and this year it's maybe not as easy for them but they're maybe you know I don't think pacing themselves yeah, yeah 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 so we'll get into that in just a little bit but we'll wrap up this Jets talk a little bit here with just one more little blurb about that uh, game against Anaheim there. They beat Anaheim 3-2. Shifley had a pair of goals. Uh, goal number two was his 400th career point. So he became the fourth guy from that draft class of 2011. So is that what he was drafted? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so fourth guy from that draft class to hit the 400-point mark. And I think he's about 473 games played in his career so far. Somewhere around there. Yeah. I looked at it earlier today and who knows, uh, somewhere in that it's, range. Yeah, I saw them. I saw the stat yesterday, something like that. Yeah. Uh, so Kucherov, uh, he is one dude who, from that draft class who's already hit 400 points. Johnny Goudreau is uh, in that draft class, already hit 400 points. And I'm totally blanking on the other two. I had read it earlier, but anyway. Uh, Let's know. just get on the horn here with... Uh, sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's uh, like it's it's been interesting and and cool and sort of fascinating to watch Shifley's progression from sort of when he came into the league to where he is now, and where I think now you could look at him as an undisputed number one center, like a top a top twenty player in the league for sure. I, oh, some yeah. some would say top ten. I don't know, but like I would I would. Oh, for fuck's sakes, I just spilt my beer, Randy. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> um, but uh we'll yeah. clean we'll clean that up in the intermission. We'll just get the like intern the onto that. <laughs> uh don't worry, listeners at home. I didn't spill the whole thing. I no, just, just got a little sip. I got a little handsy with my sip. uh explanations here and spilt a sip of beer on the on the table. Luckily I didn't hit any of the ele- electronics or anything, but uh it is sort of trickling that way. Oh, oh, I see that. Okay. Well, you uh, <laughs> yeah. keep talking about Mark Shifley here and I'll get some paper towels. Okay, cool. Um, what was I even saying about Shifley? Jeez, uh, you know, totally lost it. <laughs> I got, where was I at? Uh, oh, yeah. So he, he started the, as he came into the league, he was like, you know, they called him Bambi and he was, on his on his butt as much as he was on his feet kind of falling over all the time he just hadn't grown into his frame yet and 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 now i think you can see he's a fully developed man whereas when he came into the league obviously he was a teenager and they sent him down to the juniors and stuff and i think it's a similar uh scenario that you could uh look at patrick line similarly and say you know, Line is now 21 years old and um, he's filling into his frame now. You look at him a couple years ago as an 18, 19 year old, he's a gangly old Scandinavian alien teenager. <laughs> and uh, 
and now he's sort of filling out and then becoming more physically dominant. And you look at Shifley, it's hard to get him off the puck now, eh? Like he just holds on to that puck and he can do whatever he wants oh, with it because he's got the skill and the hand-eye and everything like that. And the way that he can get that puck down below the net and then keep his body like as, you know, protecting the puck and then come come around and either pass it out to Kyle Connor or back to the point. Just the way that he can really control control the puck now is just... Yeah. It just seems like he's one of the best at doing that. Yeah. So I, I, I called up our friends here at Wikipedia, and you know what? It, uh, every time I go here, they're asking me for money. Like, well, you know. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't ask them for money. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, the number one overall pick in t- 2011 is Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Right, yeah, and he has not hit 400 career points yet. Number two is Landis Gog. Yeah, he's, hit, he's another guy that already hit 400. Number three is Huberdeau. And I don't. Oh, if he has yet. Adam Larson, no. Ryan Strom, no. Mika Jabenajad, no. No. Sean Couturier, yeah. I think it might. No, it's either Huberto or Couturier. I can't okay. recall. But as we kind of go down the list, there's some interesting players here. I've always historically gotten Huberto and Couturier mixed up in my mind because I think they both played in the queue for Maritime teams. Huberto was St. John, yeah, and Couturier was Drummondville. Oh, okay. But here's a little interesting fact here, or stat. Here we got, uh, you scroll down the list here. In the first round of the 20, 000, or 2011 draft. 2011. 2011 in the future. Um, Joel Armia went 16th overall. Oh, yeah. And now he's playing a big role with Montreal. Uh, and number 17 is our boy, Nasty Nate Beaulieu. Oh, really? He's yeah. from that draft as well. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Joe Morrow, former Winnipeg Jet. Yeah, where's Joe at these days? I think he got signed by the Rangers or the Devils. Okay. Yeah. I like Joe Morrow. I don't know. I mean, I, yeah. He could have been a guy still on the Jets. Yeah. John Gibson, two, two, 2011. Brandon, uh, Brandon Saad, maybe he's 400 Saad, points. Yeah, he might be right up there. Be close if not. But uh, anyway, yeah, that's it was a good oh, draft w- class. William Carlson? I don't think he's hit 400 yet. He no? kind of had his best year just last year or two years ago there. Oh, Kucherov. Kucherov was 58th overall. Yeah, Kucherov definitely. Oh, well, I said him, but yeah. he's He's got the most points from that draft class, not surprisingly. The guy had a 120-something point season last year. Adam Lowry. Logan Shaw. Yeah. We got a bunch of guys here there that we've go. all been. Logan Shaw is part of the Jets' uh, Nova Scotia connection. Nick Shore right here, too. Another Winnipeg Jet. Oh, jeez. So all kinds of 2011s. But, uh, yeah, Logan Shaw, <clears throat> part of uh, the Nova Scotia connection for for Winnipeg. He hails from a town called Glace Bay in Cape Breton, right up on the tip of Cape Breton. She's a windy place up there. I I played some uh, minor football up there. But other, other Nova Scotian connections on the Jets, Luke Green, he's a defenseman, plays for the Moose, so he goes, he's not on the Jets. But the um, Nikolai Ehlers played for the Moose Heads of Halifax, and the Moose coach, Pascal Vincent, or Vincent Pascal, I can never remember which order they'll go in. It's either... Pascal Vincent or Vincent comma Pascal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um uh he 
he was the coach of the Halifax Mooseheads at one point. Oh, there uh, you go. Yeah. Anyway, how is this for a 2011 draft steal? Johnny Gaudreau went 104th overall in mm. the fourth round. Yeah, the Jets could have picked him three times. <laughs> they 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 picked Adam Lowry over Johnny Gaudreau. Uh, but and hey, I'm fine with that. To be honest, that's I the love, way the cookie I crumbles. I love Lowry. And and Goudreau, uh, no doubt a good player. He ha- he's had a rough season so far. He hasn't scored many goals this year. I don't know what his numbers are at, but uh, um, he he broke uh, like a ten or sixteen game goalless drought the other night, and he and he finally banged one in. But uh, he's a good player, and I think you know sometimes scorers go through these weird little droughts, and I, it didn't help that it coincided with uh you know the whole drama in calgary yeah. with the coach uh what's his name peters uh and and now what they're doing now which is pretty wild actually the um the flames with their new interim head coach whose name is jeff ward he, they're undefeated under ward so far uh, they have, uh, I think they're six and oh, or six oh and one or something like that. So they're playing some really good hockey and maybe a lot of that is just the weight of the world lifted off them, you know, to just go out and play some hockey. But I, I, I heard a interview with Ward just on Saturday that was really good on the, uh, after hours segment of hockey night in Canada. And, you know, it was, it was interesting to listen to what he had to say. He seems like a real sort of nice uh interesting kind of character and their first practice he ran with the team he was he said uh they had they had just the you know this dark cloud hanging over them uh and for like a week or whatever it was that that whole saga went on right and so the first practice he ran with them he said, let's listen to tunes while we practice. So he, on, nice. the, on the like loudspeaker at the Saddle Dome, they got the tunes. He said, the first did thing they, he said. Did they to, play Chicks Dig It the whole no, time? No, the first thing he said to the team as he went in or whatever, he was like, who runs the playlist in here? Uh-oh. And, uh, <laughs> and I forget who it was now. It was uh, like, it wasn't one of the names you think. It wasn't Monaghan or, yeah. you know, it was like, geez, I, I don't even recall. But anyway. Sam Bennett? Yeah, it, it wasn't, no, it wasn't bad. But anyway, the song <laughs> that they played, it seemed, and he, he was like, I don't know, <laughs> times have changed. But he said uh, it was t- Tiny Dancer by Elton John, and that song, like, like on repeat. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so anyway, that, that got the job done for them, and it lightened the mood, and Calgary sort of has been playing good yeah. hockey again, you know, and... Okay, but before we move on to our, our, our around the league thing yeah, here, yeah, yeah. I, I I pulled up the the two hundred two thousand eleven stats here. Oh, okay, there so you go. So Kucherov yeah. is leading the way with four hundred ninety three points. Yeah, Landeskog has four twenty five, Gaudreau has four ten, Shifley has four hundred, Nuge has three ninety eight, Huberdo has three ninety five. Mm-hmm. So there's there's going to be a couple more guys hitting the 400 club here real soon. Anytime now. But yep. Nuge has 398 in 565 games. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, he started playing as an 18-year-old right off the yeah. hop, whereas Shifley, what's he at, 400-something games? 478. Yeah, so he, he obviously 
kind of went back to junior and, you know, up and down for a year or two there and, and until he stuck. But, uh, yeah, so, and, and Nuge, like Nuge is a good hockey player, no doubt about it, but he's, um, you know, I think he's, uh, used in a bit of a different role now in Edmonton. Well, you know, he was he's a, kind he, of their he checking a, center now. Yeah, he was a well. You, you're if you're behind McDavid and Drysaddle, yeah. you're gonna, you're <laughs> going to be the checking center for sure. Uh, and he's like, "No, coach, I got hands seriously." And no. he does, but yeah. yeah, he's also, but he is a good two way center, and you need that. So, um, you know, I think he's on a reasonable enough contract as well. He's like six million or something. So. Um, he, like he, he got the same deal as Taylor Hall and Jordan Eberle. They gave the three of them that six years, six mil deal or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. Maybe that already expired. I have truly have no idea, but, uh, yeah. So that's some interesting stats about Mark Shifley in the class of 2011, as they say. And the very first, uh, Winnipeg jet draft pick, Winnipeg jet 2.0 draft. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, so that's cool. So so we just kind of touched on it there, so let's fully dive on into her. Uh we're talking about some new bench bosses around the league. There's there's Jeff Ward in Calgary. You got your uh Sheldon Keefe in Tirana. Uh Alan Nezreddin over in uh, New Jersey and potentially more to come, but I think right now those are the kind of three and two of them have the interim title. Sheldon Keefe, they already gave him a contract. Yeah. I you know, I actually watched the pregame show for Hockey Night in Canada this Saturday. Yeah. I I made my uh pasta with tomato sauce. Yeah. It, it, you know, before the Crest of Steel game. Right, yeah. So yeah. I, I figured I should watch some hockey and it was a little early, so they were doing the old whatever, Ron McLean and Elliot Friedman and yeah. whoever else. Talking about the Leafs probably. Yeah, yes, and that's so what they they're, like they're talk talking about, about the Leafs, because it was the Leafs versus St. Louis actually that yeah, night. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And so clearly they had to make the assumption that because St. Louis fired their coach midseason and then they won the cup. <laughs> clearly that's it, what's going to happen like, in that's Toronto. The same thing's going to happen with the Leafs this year. So they were basically making all these comparisons and – making all these fancy montages that are like all, you know, glowy and victorious, yeah. you know, it's looking like the Leafs are going to be parading down Young Street or whatever they're going to do. Yeah. But it just, you know, um, it just, it just also hockey is a sport that tends to repeat itself. Like it just seems like th that stuff tends to happen. Like it's almost like a copycat league where, when one team does something, it seems to work for another. Yeah. So the fact that there's there are these mid-season coaching changes, uh, it might get get those teams going. It might at the right time because there's you know they haven't been going yet, but then they can get going and then they can keep it going because uh, you know they're halfway through the season. Plus, yeah. you know it's it's the long stretch into the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and that seems seemed to work for St. Louis, and then also Pittsburgh won the cup like that for sure with uh, for sure Bilesma and, there, and uh, yeah. what's his name? It was Terry and that got fired, and Bilesma came in, and, and then, then they and did it again with Sullivan. Sullivan, right? And, uh, yeah. So yeah, that's and there have been teams before that that did that for sure. 
I will say this though, like uh, you know, uh, the Hockey Night in Canada Sportsnet crew <laughs> definitely wants the Leafs to do something, but I think I'm more inclined to say Calgary would be the St. Louis of this year than than the Leafs. You yeah. know what I mean? Like as far as changing your coach and having a real good positive effect. Not that Sheldon Keefe hasn't had a good effect on the Leafs so far. I, I don't know what – they've got a winning record under him so far. They've lost a couple, won a couple, but, you know, whatever. But I just don't think that – I don't know. Like, it, it just it, – I'm not buying into what the Leafs are selling right now. Like, it's it, it doesn't seem like they're a deep enough hockey team. They don't have the goaltending to steal them games and whatever. They're – you know, and, and like, what's – they're – what's Keith really going to do? Like, he's like, oh, I'll put, um, he, well, here's what he's doing. He's playing Matthews more. He's yeah. given him lots of minutes. And at some point that had to happen. That's kind of what happened with Bilesma and, uh, Terry and with Crosby when Crosby was a youngster, I think it was, or maybe it was a different coach, but, and then they just gave, Crosby and then it was like, you know, what, just like, yeah. yeah. Uh, and same with Tampa and Stamkos. When Stamkos was a rookie, he hardly got any playing time. Oh, his and first then, couple of years were brutal. Yeah, and yeah. then uh, and then and then the coach was just like, "Look, just go out there and get going." But um, I'd be more inclined to say Calgary takes this coaching change and just runs with it. And some interesting numbers here for Jeff Ward that I caught on uh, that after hours. So his career game, he's been around. Eh, he's a well-traveled guy, which I think really plays into his sort of level-headedness. And his just uh, demeanor, which seemed really like decent, and so he he had three hundred as a head coach. He's now got what six or seven in as in the NHL, but he had three hundred and eight in the OHL, uh, twenty six in the ECHL, ninety six over in Germany, and one hundred and ninety five in the AHL. So now he's the head coach in the NHL. So he's kind of. Everybody sort of takes their different path, I guess, to the league or whatever. Uh, Jeff Wards is kind of, he, well, he's been to some different places. So I don't have the teams in front of me as to where those were, but like in the leagues. So he's, he's, he's coached around. So, you wow. know, that's like you get a selection of different kind of, you know, you're riding the bus and you're, you know, it's not all like fancy like the NHL, mm -hmm. right? So I wonder if he would have ever got his shot at being a head coach in the NHL if it wasn't for you. Got to wonder, eh? and it might have come eventually, but uh, probably would have. Like, let's say this whole Bill Peters never thing never happened, he might not have got his shot with Calgary. You know what I mean? Yeah. It might have been like someone, uh, else, someone yeah. else hires him away from Calgary, but. At the same time, like maybe this whole Bill Peters thing, though, um, if Calgary would have kept losing, maybe he would have probably been fired. Got fired anyway. Yeah, yeah exactly. So because they were eh, they, playing they, some they pretty lost, bad hockey yeah, there for a while. Exactly. So, um, and you can listen to any number of uh, different podcasts if you want to get hot takes on the hockey culture and uh, the code of conduct and the. Bill Peters incident and everything like that. Uh, we mostly just kind of stick to what's happening on the ice and stuff. And, you know, like we have our opinions on things, but I don't think you really need to hear it from us. Like, honestly, uh, yeah, I'm sure you've got your opinions on things too. So it's uh, like no point in us really telling you 
what we think about it other than uh, you yeah know. we just want to talk about yeah. uh the things we normally talk yeah, about. yeah we're not we're not insiders we're not experts so let's just stick to what we see on the on the ice and around teams and stuff like that and all that sort of other stuff like uh you can tune into hockey night in canada and they'll they'll devote like there's no shortage been, of... yeah there's no shortage of all that so we'll stick to what we're talking about here and so anyway uh th- the other new coach, Nezredine in uh, New Jersey, um, he's inherited a bit of a mess. <laughs> and uh, I guess he didn't inherit it. He was already there. He's the assistant coach, now head coach. And uh, Haynes, I think it was the guy that got fired, right? What's his name? Uh, Hines. Hines. Hines, Hines. Yeah. yeah. So uh, and not really a shocker there um, that he was fired. Well, it just seems like New Jersey in general, like yeah. the, the whole Taylor Hall situation... Uh, yeah, it just seems to be like hanging over like a dark cloud for sure. Um, it's it, just, it's, it's probably, well, it is a, like, I think they had high, high expectations for this season. You know, they're, they had they a couple did. high draft picks with Heischer and, and, uh, Hughes. Hughes. Yeah. And they also brought in PK Subban, um, yeah. you know, and then paired with, uh, Taylor Hall already there. And then, yeah. you know, the other supporting cast, it just seemed like they were going to, have a better team and they've definitely fallen a bit flat this year the goaltending hasn't been great uh they they got louis domingue now and he's been okay i guess but like i like that blackwood guy that they got the goalie there uh he's just but he's young and it'll take some time and hopefully he doesn't become too shell-shocked with like whatever but i think Corey schneider's more or less done hey eh? like yeah he's, he's uh former manitoba moose yeah it's too bad he's a good fella good guy tries hard but uh, i think I think we may have seen the last of Corey Schneider these days, but um, yeah, I don't know. New Jersey, I think probably Hall's going to get traded. Uh, we were talking about this Saturday after our beer league game there. Um, PK Subban, uh, five points this year and minus, I don't know, a lot. And, and how much money is he getting? Uh, I'm not sure. Or is but, that an appropriate question? I mean... Like you could even say the same thing about Eric Carlson. Like he's getting paid the big money. Yeah. And you know, and this thing came up actually the other day, I forget who I was talking with, but it's almost like these bad contract or these big contracts are a bad thing. It's cause like they can almost throw the, throw the minivan into cruise control and it doesn't matter anymore. Well, and that's kind of what you wonder about the big, the, the boys in Toronto, the, the big payday boys there with like, kind of before they've even really done anything or proved anything, they're being paid like they're MVPs, you know, of the league. And, uh, it's not necessarily so, but Hey, what do I know? But, um, I was going to say though, like, so yeah, Subban infamously traded for Shea Weber, which at the time, a lot of outcry, why would they want Shea Weber and all this, uh, Montreal that is. And, uh, well, guess who, (laughs) So this so far this season, Shea Weber's at like twenty three points. He's got six goals, something like that. You know, twenty three points, whatever, plus fourteen or something like that. And uh, conversely, uh, it's um, it is uh, PK Subban minus. I don't know. I don't have the numbers in front of me, and only five points so far on the season. So. Uh, that trade's looking good for Montreal right now, I guess, is what you might say. And PK's on his second team since leaving Montreal. But, yeah, I guess the deal with New Jersey is, like, they're a team that I kind of like. But, yeah, they've got a ways to go. So, 
No on, surprise. On, they on, uh, sorry, on the complete <laughs> end of the spectrum, other other end of the spectrum, uh, I just saw this quote from uh, Nasty Nate McKinnon yeah. this past week. Yeah, they were talking about uh, how his because he's only making like six point three million dollars per right, year, right? And he is, I think, what currently third, tied for third for points. Yeah, and he said his quote is obviously it's a pretty team friendly now, but it was worth it at the time, and I have no regrets. Yeah, and he'll take a discount or a quote-unquote. He, he said his next quote here is like, on my next deal, I'll take less again because I want to win with his group. For sure. And uh, he's obviously been uh, hanging out with Sid Crosby a lot because that's kind of Crosby's mentality. And Marshawn was quoted recently as saying that. So it's kind of like uh, the, the East Coast boys. The Scotia boys <laughs> don't care about the dollars. They they as long as they got enough to buy a new fishing boat in the off season, and hey, whatever, like they're good to go. But uh, wouldn't that be something though if there was a Canada Cup or a World Cup or whatever? Because I don't know about Olympics anymore. I don't think that's happening. I think that's done. But like yeah. we could get an all Nova Scotia line, Crosby, yeah. Marshan, and McKinnon, or something like that. That'd and be that'd something be, to that'd see. That'd be pretty good. Yeah. I'd like that. But um, anyway, so should we just take a quick little trip around the Canadian teams and sort of sort of give our thoughts on uh, who, like, because uh, I don't know, like a few few weeks ago, I guess, we kind of threw it out there who we thought was looking the best as far as Canada's teams go. And well, we, I think back when we were talking about that, uh, if you looked at the Pacific Division standings, it was Edmonton... Calgary and Vancouver in the top three spots. Yeah, they were all one, two, three, I believe. Yeah. And if you look at it now, uh, Edmonton is back in first. Uh, Them and Arizona are kind of going they're, tit they're for both, tat. They're both tied with 40 points, but I guess Edmonton has the edge in what? Goals four, I guess, is the tiebreaker. Same right number now. of games played? Same number of games, same number of wins. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, oh, they have the regulation wins tiebreaker. There you go. Um, but yeah, you've got Vancouver has slipped, and so has Calgary. Yeah. Um, and then if you look to the east, um, Toronto, well, Ottawa is doesn't have a sniff. No, of, of but the they've playoffs. been playing okay lately. Like I think that they're uh, they're trending in the right direction as far as being a tough team to play against, and you know they're they're. They they go hard and yeah. stuff, but they're definitely uh, a couple years away from making for the playoffs, sure, though. For sure, uh, and then you have uh, Montreal and Toronto, both tied with thirty two points. Yeah, but Montreal, Montreal with thirty games, Toronto with thirty one. Yeah, um, and Montreal yeah. has lost a lot of games lately, which has been kind of it's seen them plummet in the standings a bit, but. I think that they've maybe turned the corner from that free fall of eight games in a row they lost or whatever it was. I think it was six, and then they won one, and then they lost another. So whatever it is, you know, they've been losing more than winning lately. Yeah. So I think if if you think back to the last episode when we talked about the Canadian teams, you and I both unanimously, unanimously, unanimously selected Vancouver as the yeah. as the team to watch. We thought that they, yeah. Uh, now I gotta be the hometown homer. <laughs> and I gotta say that the Jets are the team to watch. Yeah, for sure. And I think, um, you know, so Edmonton plays in that Pacific Division, which is maybe not the best division in the league. So I think that their spot in the top 
two or three there is probably safe if they can kind of carry on. Although they lost again last night to Buffalo, but that, they got a point in overtime. Yeah. yeah, but they have been kind of cooled off lately. But um, and what's going to happen when McDavid and Drysidel uh, stop carrying the load? Well, that's the thing. They need somebody else there, and I don't know. If that's just got to be somebody internally, got to pick it up. But that's nothing new. I think everybody looked at Edmonton's roster and, and said, and, yeah. and they say, "Oh, there's <laughs> once you get past that top line or whatever." There's, I don't know, but um, you know, I think Edmonton they're getting goaltending this year, which is a big difference from the last two years uh, between Mike Smith and uh, oh, what's his name there? Uh, uh, the Finnish Kos- guy, Koskinen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, we, we've made fun of him on the show before, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but mostly it was Peter Shirelli. I think we were making fun of, well, cause he got like the big deal yeah, and exactly. it's like, everyone it was, was like, who's this Shirelli's guy? final salute or whatever. But actually Koskinen has looked very good this year, but maybe he's looking good because he can split the duty. If he, if he was sure. a, a standalone starter, like Connor Hellebuck and having to shoulder the load, yeah. maybe well, it, it wouldn't be as good. But. I heard, I think it was Brian Burke or something talking about this. Uh, recently, and he said, "Yeah, last year Koskinen started 26 games in a row. Yikes! Which is like he was like, no goalie should do that. No, like it doesn't matter if you're the best goalie in the world or not. Like that's too many games in a row. But anyway, so he's getting a more balanced workload this year because Mike Smith's there and can win games for you and stuff. And uh, but just overall, I think Koskinen's been better. So the, the Oilers, I think." I think they're a playoff team this year. I think unless they sort of just all of a sudden the wheels come completely off, but their their coach Tippett, he gets them. He's got he's got that sort of Barry Trotz way about him. He can take a ragtag group yeah. of nobodies and make you play pretty good hockey. Yeah. So especially and then when you have two outstanding hockey players yeah. to add to the fold, then yeah. for sure. So um, I think uh, overall. Yeah, I got to say that right now the Jets are looking like the best Canadian team. Yeah. So we can totally revisit this again in a couple weeks. and For sure. And, uh, you know, go through our our rep around the the Canadian team. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll maybe try and spend more in-depth time on it, but we got to get moving on to our second period here. But, oh yeah, I think overall, uh, without, without a doubt, I would put Ed, uh, Winnipeg and Edmonton at the top of the Canadian teams and at the bottom – Ottawa and right above Ottawa, I'm putting Toronto. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I don't know. I think you know if I if I have to rank them right here, uh, since since you're all asking me to rank them, I'll say okay, Winnipeg, Edmonton. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Vancouver that third one, and then Calgary, and then uh, Montreal and Toronto, um, and then Ottawa. I, I think I would pretty much do the same. I would maybe, it to me it does seem like Vancouver is trending upwards again. Like I yeah. I watched their game against Buffalo this past weekend. That OT uh, yeah. winner there that was a hammer from JT Miller. Uh, I just I I like the look of their team. I like also, the look Tyler of those Myers jerseys they were yeah. wearing. Tyler Myers scored his first goal as a Vancouver Canuck. Yeah. Um, but nice yeah, I, I I would say that the top three Canadian teams right now are are Winnipeg. You know, and then maybe tied for second or Edmonton, Vancouver. Um, honestly, I haven't really paid too close attention to the East. Uh, I just like seeing Montreal and Toronto lose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think Montreal's been playing 
relatively decent the last few games. And, uh, you know, Carey Price had a bit of a funk and Kincaid wasn't winning the many games. So he got put down to the AHL. They brought up 20 year old, uh, uh, primo what's his name something primo he's he's keith primo's kid yeah yeah and uh a hot goaltending prospect so he got his first nhl start the other day lost three two what are you gonna do but um you know i i think montreal is just uh they're a bubble team as to whether or not they're gonna make the playoffs i think if they do they'll be the eighth seed but i don't know it'd be nice to see them get in i think but uh, and speaking of Montreal, for a future episode, I do have something special on the go. It's going to be a co-local legends, and it's going to be Max Domi with Bobby Clark. Nice. Max Domi is actually born in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Yeah, that's right. Um, but the, the the tie between the two is they both have uh, type 1 diabetes. Okay. And basically, when Max Domi found out that he... he had diabetes i guess his dad told him that call bob bobby clark uh, you know this guy who won two stanley cups also mm-hmm. uh you know ha- has diabetes as well and look at the career that he had and yeah. that totally inspired max domi and i think well when he played for london knights that's why he chose to wear number 16 anyways for a future episode yeah. that's where we're gonna well, go. and i'll just before we go into the second i <laughs> I'll just say, yeah, Bobby Clark, if you want to look up the d- definition of vintage hockey hair, uh, look at that picture of him with his no teeth, big oh, yeah. grin, wicked mop of hair on his head, just having a good Classic time. Classic hockey player. Having a good time. Flin Flon Bombers. Yeah. Well, there's the siren, and uh, first period, Zamboni's already halfway on the ice, so let's get her going here. Boys, into the dressing room, get those orange peels and a uh, little shoulder rub and everything like that, so... We'll be back momentarily for the second period. Stay tuned. microphone there and they're waterproof uh so back for period two uh the old uh wearing the pants segment here yeah so Uh, this is the the segment whereby i put on some pants of uh of a hockey executive or coach or something like that and i kind of walk a mile in their pants so um yeah what's uh yeah the question i have this week and it's it's obviously something that we've touched upon uh, a few times on season two of Talkin' Hockey, the Hockey Talkin' Show here on Apple Podcasts and UMFM.com. Um, nice we're, shout we're, out, by the way. We're talking about the roster here. So yeah. if you look at where the Jets are now, they are currently sitting four point. Like if so, just take a look here. This is the top 10 teams in the NHL right now. You got Washington, Boston, St. Louis. Islanders, Colorado, Edmonton. Well, Edmonton's maybe a bit of a surprise. Yeah. But that top five is pretty much what you'd expect. Yeah, yeah. You got Arizona, Philly. Those Both of those teams are kind of surprises. You got Pittsburgh. 
But you got our boys here in in blue, Winnipeg Jets here, sitting yeah. in 10th overall in the league. That's a pretty interesting top 10, actually, because, yeah, there's some standards that you think, yeah, for sure, those are the top dogs. And then you got yeah. your Phoenix, or well, Arizona, and your Philly. And uh, I find those surprising. I like seeing Philly up there. Yeah. But, uh, so needless to say, I don't think uh, either of us expected to see the Winnipeg Jets in the top 10 in the league if we're thinking back to October when we were recording the first few yeah. episodes from the season. I mean, speak for yourself, Randy. I, uh, okay, well, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I didn't know. I didn't, I wouldn't have thought maybe top 10. I would say like, I, I had been saying they're a playoff team, but you know, there's so yeah. top whatever, 15 or 16, I guess, but top 10, pretty good. And they're, they're right there. So with, with all the talk of like losing, Bufflin, losing Truba, losing Myers, losing Sherratt, um, losing Tanev. Yeah. Like all the guys that couldn't stay because of cap reasons and injuries yeah. and whatever else. The old cap crunch. The, yeah, you're, you're up against the, the cap there, as they say. Um, you know, so, uh, and then, you know, the, the, the rumors of like, oh, we got to trade Nikolai Ehlers for a top pairing defenseman. Right. Or we got to do this or we got to do that. You, you know, even before the season has even started, there was all these like haphazard f- rumors getting flown around about what needs to happen. Yet what needs to happen is you just got to play hockey, <laughs> right? Yeah, so, so, uh, my question for you, and I guess this is, can be, can be like a, I guess this is more of a Chevy question because it's kind of roster related and building, okay. building a team. So I'll get the good pants on. Yeah, like you're going to go down to uh, Moore's maybe oh, at Madison yeah. Square. Oh, I, yeah, I just saw Moore's there when we went for pizza there after yeah, the game. So, yeah. yeah, Saturday night we yeah. had our big uh, big rec league hockey win, uh, 5-1. So the team, we went out and celebrated with some pizza and incredibly cheap pints. $3.50, like, boys You got to like that. Yeah. You get a free pizza and three fifty pints, yeah. So maybe you know you'd have a bunch of beers, sleep in your car, <laughs> go to Moore's the next morning. As soon as they open, I'm in, <laughs> I'm just waiting at the door. Get some pants that Chevy would wear. Mm-hmm. And the question I have for you is: with the Jets playing like such good hockey right now, do you just keep the keep the boys together yeah. or are you still working the phones to maybe bring something in? And if you, if that's the route that you're going to go, what do you feel, uh, needs to come in for the jets? Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, so as Chevy hitting up Moore's at Madison square in St. James, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go over there and I'm going to say, you know, Hey guys, you did a great job dressing Tom up for his wedding. Uh, <laughs> I hear that's where t- co-host Tom got his wedding duds. He looked great. Uh, um, but no, I think I'm, I'm not putting away the phone, if you know what I mean. Um, so I would, I would definitely keep an eye out for, cause depth, you know, and, and they've been acquiring depth in, in unconventional ways this season through the waiver wire and stuff like that but also just through their own internal depth with the AHL squad and the guys that they've drafted and have developed who are looking to get their own shot, you know? Um, But I think if the opportunity arises, a trade could happen 
and and I'm gonna say will likely happen. So if I'm Kevin Sheveldayoff wearing these nice, uh, you know, uh, Ben no, uh, what's that guy's name? The de- the Canadian designer that Moore's has. I don't know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> if I'm wearing those pants, I'm going to say that, yeah, you know, I'm not actively out there calling other teams right now, but as it gets closer to the deadline and I get a better idea what Dustin Bufflin's going to do or not do, um, I'm going to, I'm going to try and find, uh, somebody for the back end who can who can come in somebody like basically what I'm trying to say is so no disrespect to Tony Potato or uh some of the other guys that they got coming in and out of the lineup on the defense filling that sort of you know four five six defenseman's role I think the top 3 are pretty much you got your Morrissey uh, you got your uh, Pullman, Pullman, and your Pionk, uh, and then I would put Buyo or Boyu, Boyu, probably in that four, and then the and then the other couple spots. You know, I think that they've done a tremendous job so far with what they're working with, but like it's never going to hurt to have somebody, you know, quote unquote, better there. Now as far as who that is, I, I just, I, I have a hard time coming up with who that could be, but like, is it a pure rental player? Like, I think that the cost gets a little bit much, you know, and we've seen Chevy do that the last couple of years where last year it was Kevin Hayes cost a first round draft pick and a prospect named Brandon Lemieux. He wasn't even a prospect at that point. He was a roster player. Mm Mm-hmm. The year before was just a first for Statsny, was it? Or was there a pick or player involved as well? But that, that you know, and that one worked out pretty good, I think you could say. But so the the rental deadline rentals are often hit or miss. Is um, this the season that maybe if they're in that position and Chevy is just like, you know what, boys, I've got confidence in you. Just go let's for keep, it. Let's keep the band together yeah. and let's go on tour and let's go for I, it. I think in some ways it is, but I think he may try and supplement in smaller increments. So if it's just another sort of depth player or person, as opposed to making a big bang with a Hayes or a Stastny, you know, yeah. If it's if it's a guy that can kind of just slide in, but um, and maybe kind of just shore up that bottom part of the defense, then and and if it costs you, you know, whatever a second round pick or a a, a prospect going the other way or something, something smaller, yeah. like you know. I'd be willing to do that if I'm Kevin Sheveldayoff. Uh, I'd be. I don't want to sell the farm. I don't want to give up a first round pick this year because it's a. It's what they're calling a good draft year. Like, aren't they all? But you know, they're saying it's a particularly deep pool this year and everything. Although with the Jets at the top of the standings, they're not going to be picking particularly high. But you know, you still want to have a first round pick, um, and. So I think that basically I'd be willing as, as Kevin Shovel Dayoff wearing my nice pants from Moore's, I'm willing 
to get on the horn with some guys and listen to some offers, but I'm not doing anything drastic to shake up my team because I like the cut of their jibs right now. They they seem to be getting along. They're playing really well under the the structure of the coach. They've got you know they're gelled in sort of a way like that I think is really positive and they kind of play for each other. And you can see that, I think that yeah, they, the, they, the team chemistry seems to be a lot different than it was last year. Yeah. And so I like that about the team. And so I don't want to go shipping out somebody or bring in somebody just for the sake of making a splash. But I think that if you can shore up the sort of bottom three spots on your defense, just, and I'm not saying all three, but just like bring in, bring in a guy who um, has been around and has some experience. I don't know who I'm thinking of, but maybe like a Roman Polak or some shit like that. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like not that Polak is necessarily available, but if he was, I, I, I just a a steady D man. Yeah, exactly. You don't need somebody to just, you know, yeah. Yeah. Somebody who in the playoffs, when the thing, when the, when the, you know, the boots get a little bit muddier or whatever the saying is, but, Somebody like that, you know, uh, I, I can't, I can't think of who's out there as far as defensemen that would be available, but I'm sure, you know, some of the teams further down the standings, once it comes February, you know, those names will become clearer as to who's on the market. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Well, do you, how about, uh, Madison Bowie? He went on waivers today. Do you right? think tomorrow morning we'll be texting each other <laughs> saying, Oh, look who got picked up by the Jets. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't mind that. Like I, we've both been kind of calling for a local legend on the Jets. We need one. eh? uh, there's no, no Manitoba guys on the Jets. And, um, so I think that in that regard, I'm down with that. Plus he wears number 74 or he was wearing 74 for Detroit and to uh, try it. And, and <laughs> yeah, and that's my number. So I'm partial to anyone wearing that. But, uh, I mean, I don't know what his deal is. I've never really seen him play except for, I think he was on the world juniors a couple years back. Correct. Yeah. So I remember him from that, but, uh, since then I've not, I think it's really... been a tough go. Like I think he was playing, he was drafted by the capitals and there was pretty much no way to squeeze into that lineup no. because of the guys that they had ahead of him. Yeah. And that's why he ended up, uh, I think maybe, uh, but he's still young. So, oh, I mean, there's yeah, lots of time for, I think, yeah. to sort of develop as a defenseman and whatever. But, uh, Hey, like if there's room, I, if I, if I'm Kevin Chevel day off and I'm wearing his pants, so I am, uh, yeah, man, I would put, uh, we've had some great success on the waiver wire so far this year, picking up your, your Dahlstrom's and your Nick Shores and your, uh, who else came off the waiver wire this year? Was there another guy? Mm. Or was that it? Um, Spiza, Luca Spiza. Right. Yeah. Who? Okay. Well, you know what? I'm going to put Luca in that top four of players right now that I'm like, uh, think that they're, I think he, he's playing great hockey. doing great, yeah. playing great. And, uh, so, you know, in that five, six spot where Tony Potato and who's the other guy down there? Uh, How come I can't think of it? Sometimes it's Dahlstrom, but sometimes it's not. Anyway, whoever it would be. Um, yeah, totally blanking on that right now. But like I'd, you know, I'd, I'd look at Shore in that position up with with a more uh, experienced 
non-waiver wire NHL player. But well, I yeah. think the top pairing is Morrissey, Pullman, and then it's Pionk and, and Spiza, Spiza. Yeah. and then it's Potato and Boyle Bo- Boyu. Yesterday, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, I think for me, when it comes to Dustin Bufflin, I think that ship has sailed. And I think the only thing that really needs to come out of that situation is just some sort of resolution to know where the Jets lie with the cap. Yeah. If they need to pay him and how much needs to go towards him. And then that, I guess, goes against their cap or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I would not, I don't know, like right now I'd be like of the, of the, mindset to be like let's like, not let's not bring them back like you're hesitant l- to yeah let's just let these guys play uh, the one thing that i would be kind of interested and curious about is if you remember last year the way that kale mccarr came in and yep. filled the lineup for colorado avalanche right. could the same thing happen this year with the jets with dylan sandberg sandberg like is that oh. something that could happen like i don't know how that works with where he's playing and if that could well, happen. With college, yeah. So it's a weird thing with yeah. if you're college. It, it's like, can CHL players do that? I'm not. Or is sure. it only college? I think it's only college. But so anyways, a, I th- it, I think it's it also <clears throat> is depending on when and if they sign a professional contract and all sure. that kind of stuff. But anyways, that's. I don't know if Samberg. Uh, I'm not saying he's the Kale McCarr. But I'm just no. saying, like he might could be. He, could he, he come he, up and he could, or you know, be a black ace or or Saminiku could yeah. be more relevant at that part of the season yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. I, I, it's just it just to me it seems like the past couple of seasons the Jets have tried to find that answer uh, outside the team, and maybe this is the year to try and just try and figure it out within within the team. Get and a little then, Jedi going and look within, and it'll be like. Here we go, boys. I've got the fullest confidence in, in everyone yeah. in this room and in this building. And, and let's that, go for and it. And a vote of confidence like that can go a long way for sure. You know, it just says like to the team, like, you know, this is what we got. You, you got look it. to the, you know, look to your left, look to your right. And yeah. yeah. That's where we're at. So, so speaking of which, um, you know, of of the players that aren't around anymore, mm. there's one notable one that has kind of become a fixture here on season two of Talking <laughs> Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. That's right. It's time for. Well, I was gonna say it's time for Tanev time. Uh, mostly, I I just want to talk about Brandon Tanev and the uh, ridiculous wager I made with uh, listener Carter in East St. Paul, and I was. Uh, I was all hopped up on, um, you know, barley sandwiches this summer as we were sitting around the fireplace talking about Tanev's bright future in Pittsburgh, skating alongside number 87 or 71 or wherever. And I just, you know, I thought, oh, there's no way he's not going to score 25 goals this year. And so uh, Carter said, Oh, there's a lot of ways he's not going to score 25. <laughs> <laughs> and so we made a, a friendly wager. Nothing major, just a friendly little wager. And so let's do a little Tanev time update here and just check in and on our guy, Brandon. So he's at 30 games played right now. And how many goals does he have, Tom? Well, he's got six. So he's not really on pace for <laughs> 25. But, you know... If he gets hot, he could hit 20 and then anything's possible. But 
Uh, he's got 10 assists, so 16 points in 30 games. So he's just over half a point a game. And he's doing his thing with the body checks. I think he's probably right up there leading the team and stuff. He's um, He's got two shorthanded goals, so two of his six goals are shorties, which is which is just right where you want where you want that guy to be and uh only six pims so far because so he's he's on pace for that many goals 16.2 so at his current pace he's on pace for 16 goals which hey that's only nine off of what i want him to get <laughs> so all it takes is a heater like Currently, Randy, I am on a bit of a heater myself in our beer league. I've got goals in four straight. Well, there you go. So, if like, Tanev does the same thing. Yeah, Brandon just does that. All of a sudden, he's at, you know, 34 games and 10 goals. Then, hey, that 25 looks a lot more realistic. But, you know, you never know. You never know. But, um, I, it's not that I want to win the bet, but I just, I would love to see Tanev. Like, I think he's a great player and one of those kind of great guys that uh, the Jets, they miss him, I think, in, in not just on the ice, but I think he was, he, by all accounts, a pretty hilarious dude on, in the room and stuff. So, but, you know, they, that's, that's the business of hockey. Um, teammates come and go and, uh, they always have Instagram to make comments <laughs> on each other's pictures and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, uh, Tanev time. Uh, that's so pretty much we'll, all I got for that. We'll check back in with Brandon Tanev, yeah. maybe maybe at the 40 game mark. Yeah, sure. Yeah, we'll get another week or two here and then we'll check back in on Tanev. Um, we do have coming, I think I might have promised it for this week, but um, due to our intern being MIA, um, it's uh, got pushed back a little bit. So we've got a new segment called Matt's Stats, and uh, we're gonna basically have a real nerdy statistics talk. Um, but you know, nerdy in a talking hockey kind of way, whereby uh, we're just you know shooting the breeze, and in a way that you know everyone can maybe get some understanding yeah. about what. Corsi means and all these yeah. fancy numbers that go flying around. Yeah. So we've got um we've got our buddy lined up for that and uh like I say we were going to maybe try and give that a go this week but I think we're pushing her back a week. So next week hoping 90% for sure <laughs> that we'll we'll get that on the go for next week. So uh basically also we're waiting for a jingle. We need our theme song for it which is it's coming. It's in the pipes. So, um, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's where we're at with that. And, uh, I don't know. What do you think, Grand? Uh, anything else to add to this here second period? Well, I think we covered it all. You know, like the Jets are looking good. They should stand pat in the pants that they're wearing. Yep. Brandon Tanev, you know, he's got six goals, 10 assists, uh, definitely having a decent season. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe if he was riding shotgun with Sid the Kid or, well, or Malkin, it might be a little different story. But Sid's out with the hernia injury yeah. right now. He had the surgery, so he's he was projected to be out six weeks. I think we're in like week two now, so he'll be back. You know, uh, probably 
end of January or maybe we'll be sitting at game 80, 81 and Tanev is going to have 24 goals and we might have to have a live, live talking hockey. (laughs) 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 Wouldn't that be something though? I would, uh, uh, if Brandon Tanev scores 25 goals, not only will I collect the winnings from listener Carter in, in, uh, is it, is it like a RAV4 or something? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. brand new vehicle uh no uh but i will uh i'll just you know i will just run around the block with no shirt on just i'll paint my face i'll do the whole works you know it'll be good so anywho that's uh that's tanev time and wearing the pants segment and that pretty much wraps up period two let's take a quick little break we'll be right back with period three and our uh, local beers of the week here, the Dirty Catfish Cream Ale by Stone Angel Brewing. They're uh, just as tasty as they were at the start of the show. So, yeah, let's keep her going. All right, welcome back for the third period of Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. This is the uh, period where we get into our Vintage Hockey Hair Player of the Week and our local Legend of the Week, Um, and we're probably going to try and get a little bit of Hockey Card War in too, so we'll have to keep her quick. Um, So let's just jump right into her, and uh, we'll talk about our Vintage Hockey Hair Player of the Week, so head on over to our Instagram at Talking Hockey Podcast on Insta. And scroll your way through that for all kinds of beautiful mullets, feathery dusters, um, you know, super salads and so on. This guy here that we're going to talk about, his name is Chris Chelios. He's been in the news a little bit lately as he had an appearance on a uh, on our rival podcast, Spit and Chicklets. How do you think our numbers do against them, Ran? Oh, neck and neck. <laughs> yeah, basically. neck and neck, neck and neck. So Chelly was on... Uh, Spitting chicklets, uh, kind of ta- gave his two cents on Babcock a little bit, and that sort of made the news because um, he said basically, Chelly's uh, forty-seven years old at this point, playing for the Red Wings, and they got the outdoor stadium series game, and uh, Babcock wanted to scratch him just to just to be Babcock, basically, kind of like how he scratched Medano so he couldn't get fifteen hundred, you know, and. Uh, but like it's in his hometown of Chicago because Chris Chelios born and raised Chicago, um, and yeah, he wanted to scratch him. But Ken Holland, the GM of Detroit at the time, said, "No, you can't do that," and whatever. So anyway, apparently Babcock played him the first shift and benched him the rest of the game, and uh, Chelios' two adult sons were there, and they were like getting beers for him and passing them to him over the glass onto the bench. And then there was a, a penalty kill or something at the end of the game. And the assistant coach was like, Chelly, get like, 
kill this penalty or whatever. And he was like, no, no, I'm good. <laughs> anyway, so check out the uh, Arrival podcast, Bit Chicklets, for that interview. But basically, let's talk about Chris Chelios here. He's a three-time Norris Trophy winner. He's a three-time Stanley Cup winner. And one time, he won the Bud Light Award for Best Plus Minus. There you go. <laughs> I don't think they have that award no. anymore. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure, I think I know who's not going to win it this season. Yeah, yeah. The dude on Detroit, Athanasiu. Minus 31 right now. He's going for the record. Yeah. So good luck, Andreas. You can do it. Um, but yeah, Chelios, man, he played like the longest uh, career, essentially. He he uh, played 26 seasons in the NHL which is a tie with uh, none other than Mr. Hockey, Gordie Howe, for the most seasons played. Um, he, uh, he started out with Montreal. So Chelly played, uh, he played junior in Moose Jaw, and then he went to the University of Wisconsin. So when he came to the NHL, he was 22 years old. So not quite a, um, you know, an 18-year-old fresh-faced rookie or whatever, but... Um, he he holds the Montreal Canadiens team record for assists by a rookie and points by a rookie defenseman, uh, which was 1984-85 when he set those marks. So, I mean, if you hold a Montreal Canadiens record, that's pretty cool, man. Like, that's that's powerful, right? Like, they've got a hundred and however many years of history and some of the greatest players to ever play the game in their record books. Like they've got stacked record books, you know what I'm saying? So for Chelly to be in those record books, that's pretty cool. And, uh, he was, he was, uh, notoriously, uh, on the receiving end of uh, former vintage hockey hair player, Ron Hextall's, uh, goalie stick. Yeah. A couple blockers scraps. to the ribs yeah. maybe too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, I think Chris Chelios, the deal with him, he didn't necessarily have the biggest hair, the 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 burliest sideburns, anything like that. He always kind of kept it closely cropped. But I think if you look through the photos, and I'll post up some pics on uh, the Instagram at Talk and Hockey Podcast, um, he his hair was meticulous. It was never like a hair out of place. And you know he's taken warmies without a bucket just to show off that gel job and he's got, you know, like just dripping. Um, but yeah, he's a guy, man, 1651 games in the NHL, uh, in the regular season, he added 266 playoff games on top of that. So like, he's like, he's pushing 2000 games in the NHL, which is, uh, quite the accomplishment for sure. And 26 seasons, like I say, he's, uh, you know, that was, that's, uh, that's something else. Uh, but he, he, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like he had a quite a career, I think, as we all know. So he played, you know, he played for Montreal, Chicago, Detroit, and he finished her off with seven games in Atlanta the year before they moved. Here I remember that. Yeah. Keith so Kuchuk he could was on that team. He could have been a jet, uh, but he said, no, <laughs> seven games is enough for me. And he went out. At the age of... Uh, 46 or 47, I think. Keep on going. 48. 48. Wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's quite the feat because, uh, you know, especially these days, I think a lot of guys are done by the time they're 35. So that's just kind of the way she goes. It's a bit of a young man's game now. But, um, 
Yeah, no, it's uh, you know what else? What else can I tell you here about uh, Chris Chelios? Um, well, that, he won a cup with Montreal. Yeah. So yeah. So uh, nineteen. 85-86, he won a cup with Montreal. That was Patty Roy's uh, rookie season, I believe. Uh, he won a cup in 2001-2002. That would have been Detroit. And uh, again in 2007-2008, again with Detroit. Three cups yeah. for Shelley. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that that first one with Detroit, what year did I say that was? That was uh, 02 So, yeah, he'd been in Detroit for like, you know, three years at that point. He's 39 years old at that time. So like, Jeez. so people are probably being like, yeah, here's Chelly's last hurrah. And then he goes on to play 10, <laughs> 10 more, more years. years yeah. So, you know, he had some longevity, eh? Like uh, he must've just had the craziest training regime. Like how's the guy, I don't know. Well, he's probably know. still working hard. Like if yeah. it's it kind of in your genes like that. I yeah, think he for would, sure. It's not like he just sits on the couch and... Yeah. Well, maybe he does, but I'm sure he's still active in in some sort of uh, way. Maybe I'm sure he's got to be so uh, involved or affiliated with the NHL somehow. Right now, is he like not a scout or something? You know, to be honest, I don't have the internet in front of me, and I have no idea. But um, <laughs> I, 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 well, how does a guy play that many seasons and, and then not? He, he yeah. doesn't have a job. Yeah. Uh, unless maybe he's just sick of it. But or he burned a few bridges along the way. I know Babcock's probably not hiring him. But uh, Babcock doesn't have a job anyway. So, but uh, yeah, that's that's a quick little looky at our boy Christopher Chelios of Chicago, born on January twenty fifth, uh, nineteen sixty two, which is uh, I was that's one day before my birthday. Nice. Uh, so we're almost birthday buds. But anyway, all right. Well, I'll gatekeep her going here with the local legend, and I'll, I'll keep this brief. Uh, just maybe more of a setup towards the world junior talk that we're going to have yeah, here we're coming, gonna up, have a great coming up here world, soon. World J episode. We might do a special on location episode for the world juniors yeah. discussion. But anyways, this goaltender from Winnipeg, Manitoba has just been uh, invited to the, the under 20 camp uh, coming up here, here in December, not too, not too far away. His name is Joel Hoffer. Mm-hmm. He currently plays for the I believe it's the Portland Winterhawks. Um that's correct. Um but he's he's property of the St. Louis Blues. So he he was he's drafted by the Blues. Oh, yeah. Uh signed his uh, entry level deal as of uh the spring of this season. So okay. he obviously How old is he now? 20 or so? He would be 20. Um but unfortunately, another here's another Winnipeg kid that yeah. uh, is not in the Jets' future just yet. But we'll, looks like we'll be seeing a lot of him playing for the St. Louis if Blues. If he's in the Central Division, yeah. Hey, but, the Blue, uh, do the Blues have a goalie? Oh, yeah, they got that Bennington guy. Yeah, Bennington's going to be there for a while. <laughs> but anyways, uh, quick little uh, shout-out to Joel Hofer. Hofer. Yeah. Um, he played for a Swift Current, and he's made his way over to the Portland Winterhawks. Uh, six and foot hope- four, 161 pounds yeah. drafted in the 2018 round fourth, fourth round, uh, 107th overall. Well, um, and here's hoping he makes team Canada. Um, looking forward to the world juniors. And like you say, we'll have a full on world Jays episode and, uh, we'll get into team Canada and for sure. Cause they have, they, they announced their camp roster, but nothing w- further yet. 
we are quickly approaching <laughs> are we ever yeah. do we have time for hockey card war uh, we maybe. promised the listeners and then we didn't deliver well can we do it quickly I'll, i can just mute this and we can bump it down yeah 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 let's do it okay. real quick okay. real quick like okay so that's joel hofer yeah. look out for him world juniors we'll t- we'll keep uh talking about him uh as the weeks go on here yeah um and like i mentioned in kind of a bit of a setup towards the special world junior episode we're going to have coming up here on talking hockey the hockey talking show yeah sounds good do you want to video me opening this 1991 score nhl hockey cards pack just because you know uh sure you can get them in uh dollar store things but um you know i i i don't know where this came from and i just think it's very special so let's let's open this it's like an unboxing video um we'll get seven million views on youtube i'm sure Look at this. Oh, crisp. Oh, jeez. Hey, there's a nice pack of cards for the boys with that purple frame. Yeah, but So I'm just going to split these right in half and then give you half, and I'll take half, and then we'll just play some hockey card war. So the way this game works for the listeners, we just basically flip a card up, and then, uh, you know, whoever the better player is, that's that's who is uh, the victor of that round. Let me just count how many cards I got. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I got seven. You'll probably have eight then. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So I'm gonna- So you got the tiebreaker. Okay. So if there's a tie, your eighth card will determine the winner of that. Okay. Whatever tie i guess all very, right very cool. official very official it's been a while let's let's it has uh, been so let's, that, let's get her going yeah. here um all right so i'm just gonna yeah draw yeah. randomly out of my hand and Kay. one two three hockey card war dave so, gagne versus rick zombo well, um, gagne had a pretty good gagne i guess we was, got a default to the stats on the card yeah gagne was pretty good but rick zombo has a better name well, Gagne is five foot ten, one eighty five. So okay, not a big guy. This feller's six one, one ninety five. I believe he's a defenseman. His name won't appear in the headlines much, but he's a valuable member of the Red Wings defensive core. And if you speak French, Dave's last name is to win. Gagne. That's right too. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's give that one to Dave Gagne, the Minnesota North Stars. All right, one, okay. two, three, draw. What do you got there? Oh, you clearly win this one. It's you, close, though. Oh, but. wow. Okay, so you got Kevin Lowe of the Edmonton Oilers, and I pulled out Cam Neely You got to give Boston it to Seabass. And, yes. Kick his ass, Seabass! A little quote from Dumb and Dumber there. Uh, Cam Neely made a cameo in that movie. But look at this hockey card here. He's That's quite the flex. I know. That's a wooden stick, and he's just flexing that thing like you wouldn't believe. Ripping a clapper. So Cam Neely... Uh, 51 goals in 69 games on this season that they're talking here, which is 90-91 from Comox, British Columbia. Side note, the funny thing about hockey cards is to see who else is in the frame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Wayner. Nice. <laughs> so Kevin Lowe Wayne making Gritsky. a pass, yeah. and Wayner is just kind of lurking by. there yeah. saying... Uh, Nice pass yeah, there, bud. Yeah. And the guy in the background has a, I see that, a NHL official. blazer. He's an official of some yeah, sort. That's yeah, nice. That's right. nice. Cool. Okay. One, two, three, draw. Okay. Larmer. 
Steve Larmer of the Hawks for Randy, and I pulled out Vyacheslav Fedosov of the New Jersey Devils. That guy was a good defenseman. I'm pretty sure he was a defenseman. Yeah, he was. Well, Larmer had 44 goals in this season. Nice. Well, Vyacheslav, his job. stats aren't going to blow you out of the water, but but Fedosov was a good D, man. But uh, let's give this one to Larmer, I the, think. The one thing I like about the Devils of those days was the green and the red. Yeah, yeah. And I think they have a bit of a alternate jersey a throw, this year that like is that? like... Yeah. That I could be wrong, but I do like that's a classic devil's look for me. I love I it. like the green and the red. Yeah. Green yeah. pants. You don't it, see that enough. Yeah, you don't see green pants too often anymore. Uh but yeah. Steve Larmer, that was he was a good player for the Hawks for a lot of years. Um yeah, so we'll give that one to Larmer. All right, let's get into the next one here. One, two, three, hockey cardboard. Oh, oh, look at this. Oh, oh, this is a showdown. Oh, this I don't know. This is breaker. the tie for sure. We might sure. have to put this one off to the side. And then, okay, uh, so yeah. I drew Guy Carboneau, captain of the Montreal Canadiens, and Randy drew Ed Balfour. Eddie the Eagle. Eddie the Carmen Eagle. Carmen Manitoba. Yeah, uh, of the Chicago Blackhawks. So, uh, you know, Eddie was a bit of a, he was a superstar, you know. Guy probably wasn't what you would call a superstar, but I, I, well, Stanley Cup, clutch, clutch player, uh, captain of the Habs. Yeah. I don't Hall know. Hall of Famer. Now they're I, both I, Hall of Famers. I would not be able to pick between these two, so we should set these aside. All right, that'll be our. This tie is our tie-breaking tie round. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, unless we get another tie, and then we'll we'll have well, to then. rewrite the rules. But here we go. This is my <laughs> here's my pet peeve of hockey cards: is the horizontal card. Oh yeah, so most of them are uh, portrait view, and then the Ed Belfour he gives them a a, a landscape view because yeah. the. I don't know. I don't who know that, why. Luke Robitaille, or who is that? Uh, Who's number? Somebody's ripping a clapper. That's Dave Taylor. Dave Taylor, the LA Kings, ripping a shot <laughs> on Eddie Belfour. Um, but they could have just done the yeah, card Yeah, why like not? That. Just, exactly. And then put <laughs> Anyways, a portrait view. The good folks at Score, unfortunately, they don't have jobs anymore. So <laughs> <laughs> They're all retired yeah. now, for sure. Um, so that's our that. tie-breaking around there. Kay. I think we can safely say that yeah. those guys match up quite evenly. Yeah. All okay. Right. Let's next pull one. another card here. Here. And oh, John O'Grodnick. There's a name that you don't hear every day. O'Grodnick. And who do you got? Doug Bodger. Okay. Well, this one we might have to refer to the back of the card here because I don't know anything about John O'Grodnick other than he was a six foot, 205 pound left winger from Ottawa, Ontario, played for the New York Rangers in 1991. Jeez, man, that's not a, too bad of a stat line. 79 games, 31 goals. Jeez, got to give it to him. Doug Bodger, uh, five goals, yeah, defenseman. But this you can't you can't go wrong what? with. Look at this. Let me just tell you a little something here. The write up about him. One of the league's most potent snipers. John had another solid season in ninety ninety one, reaching the thirty goal plateau for the seventh time in his twelve year career. John O'Grodnick. That's that's a great wild. name. Like I wouldn't have thought of him when I'm thinking snipers, but there he is. Anyway, cool. All right. Johnny O. Next card. Here we go. One, two, three. What do you got? Oh, oh I got a special card. Nice. A Scott Stevens crunch card. Oh, the crunch crew. The crunch crew. <laughs> and I got Greg Adams, who was a solid Canuck, wearing the jersey that the Canucks just wore on the weekend, the classic yes. black and yellow and red uh, flying skate or whatever they call it. I love those jerseys. And Greg Adams was a good player. He was on the team when they went to the final against the Rangers. 
but I'm giving it to Scott Stevens here because that guy was. Well, I, know, I mean, he's a crunch crew. This card alone looks like a box of cereal. It does too, doesn't <laughs> it? Yeah, for sure. The captain, he's a captain. Yeah, the captain, captain of the crunch, crunch crew. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Right on. Scotty okay. Stevens. And uh, pretty last... much destroyed Paul Crew's career. But he, hey, yeah, there you go. Was, I mean, there's... Topic for another episode. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I, on the one hand, Scott Stevens, I remember him fondly. On the other hand, it's like, mm, that guy ruined Not a, a lot great of... moment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so last card, and then you got the tiebreaker. So, right. Okay. One, okay. two, three. And, uh, oh, Bob, Bob Carpenter Kibelski. versus... Bo- the, the Battle Bal- of the Bobs. Battle of the Bobs. All right. Yeah. So, and you got another uh, landscape view. Oh, who's that in the card there, though? That's is Rod, that Langway. Rod Langway. Yeah, yeah vintage <laughs> See, that's hockey the best part about hockey cards is yeah. seeing who else is in the yeah. card. Because I had Langway and Gretzky. Yeah, yeah. If we're going by background players, you for sure win. Um, I didn't really get any background players. So Kudelski was a pretty good player, but... Uh, yeah, Carpenter was all right. I don't know. He, was he had wheels. A, I remember him. Well, this this season in particular, he must have been injured or something. Yeah. Oh, he suffered a devastating injury. On December 8th, he shattered his left kneecap when he crashed into the boards at the Montreal Forum. Ouch. Uh, but he returned to play in the playoffs that year, and then further uh, surgery was required. So he only had 29 games here. And, but, yeah, no, he uh, he was... Oh, interesting. He was the first American-born player to reach the 50-goal mark when he got 53 for Washington. In one season? Yeah. Wow. First American to get 50, Bob Carpenter. There you go. All right, the last card. Yeah, the tiebreaker for Carboneau and Balfour. look at this legend. Oh, <laughs> Yermer Yager. Still playing hockey over there, too. The All-rookie team. Look at that. Look at that flow, though. Oh, just... This, so this is a Yermer Yager rookie special. We all know about Jags' hairdo at the best of times. And when he was a rookie, well, it was pretty much the best of times. <laughs> and look that how, photo yeah. on the back, flushed look, cheeks, rosy cheeks. Look how fast he's skating. It's going very fast. The uh, There's like a blur behind yeah, him. Yeah, there's a blur behind him. The, the mullet is... Blowing in the wind. He's got the DR gloves. Oh, man. That's just a classic look all around. Yeah, so 19 years old in this card here, so I think you're going to take this one home. Um, Kevin Stevens, his teammate on Pittsburgh, said, he's so strong on his skates. Thank God we got him. Kevin Stevens. uh, Yeah, Yager obviously had quite the career. He's like Chelios, played till he was a million years old. And he's still playing still over going, there, yeah. playing he's over pro in, hockey uh, there. The Czech Republic, playing yeah. for the team he owns, right? That's correct. The Cladno, yeah. Cladno HC, something or others. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Well, there's a good game of hockey card. Solid. War. I miss I miss hockey card war. I gotta I gotta stock up here. Yeah. Maybe Santa will bring me some hockey cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was that was a good little game. Good so that was a 1991 pack of uh, score hockey cards. Uh, took a little video and some pics we'll put up on the insta so check it out and is that bob carpenter on the cover it looks like it. <laughs> someone so, just traced his card and put yeah. it on the cover. <laughs> so 
Uh, we're going to go out on a song here. Thanks for tuning in, listeners. We went a little over our allotted 90 minutes. Uh, again, corporate breathing down our necks to tighten things up here. Hey, but, but if our intern would be on the clock here, eh? You, exactly. You, it's Monday so, nights. I mean, you, can't, you can't go off to it's, it's, whatever it's, that local This is all on the club intern, is for where sure. you go clubbing. Uh, yeah, club disco, I believe it's called. So, um, yeah, so let's let's go out on a song. Uh, we'll dedicate this one to Nikki Ehlers and his big scrap against uh, uh, Ryan Getzlaff. This is called Hit Someone by Warren Zevon. Uh, hope you like it, because it's a doozy. He was born in Big Beaver by the borderline. He started playing hockey by the time he was nine. His dad took the hose, froze the He grew up big and he grew up tough. He saw himself scoring for the Windsor Canucks, but he wasn't that good with a puck. But his real talent was beating people up. His heart wasn't in it, but the crowd ate it up. Through Peewees and Juniors and Midgets and Knights, he must have racked up more than 300 fights. Said there's always room on our team for a goon. Son, we've always got room for a goon. There were Swedes to the left, other Russians to the right. A check at the blue line, looking for a fight. Rains overrun at night, work for you. What's a Canadian farm boy to do? What else can a farm boy from Canada do? What's a Canadian and broken bones He never lost the fight on his icy patrol Deep inside but he only dreamed of a goal He just wanted one damn goal A Russian with a stick heading straight for his head Brains overrun might work for you But what's a Canadian farm boy to do Season on his final night, Buddy and the Fingoon were pegged for a fight. Thirty seconds left, the puck took a roll, and suddenly Buddy had a shot on goal. The goal he committed, Buddy picked his spot. Twenty years of waiting went into that shot. The fans jumped up, and the fin jumped too, and Cole caught Buddy on his follow-through. The big man crumbled, but he felt all right, cause the last thing he saw was the flashing red light. He saw that heavenly Check at the blue line, looking for a fight. Better of your team, that might work.
Yeah. Hey.